Elite performing artists are human beings. They're not machines. And what is it the audiences absolutely adore about a performer? It's connection. It's feeling that you can really share that person's emotion. Now you need to be open for that, don't you? You need to be able to speak from one heart to another. And to do that, you have to be in a position of being vulnerable. Perhaps on the edge of being fragile. Almost near and touching our inner fear, our unworthiness, I'm not good enough. And once we start performing at that level, and once we are also performing, of course, role play, other people's emotions, our own can be triggered in role play. Now, when an emotion is triggered, it changes our breath. Our breath pattern responds to either the fear of reality of our own character and our own journey, or of the journey of the role play that you have been cast in. So some arias, songs, can be enormous triggers for us. But if we know how to manage that, we can actually project the raw emotion that is required to communicate that role from heart to heart. So where am I coming to and from on this? It boils down that emotion is breath and breath is emotion. For every emotion, there is a different type of breath. For every state of breathing, there is a, um, an emotion that is linked to it. So when we're walking around for our six hours of the day, in our life, that breath is being triggered all day long. Triggered really by what's called the Cartman's Triangle. We all dance around it and play in it all day long, sadly. We're either a perpetrator, a victim, or a rescuer. We can actually be all of them um, within a probably a conversation, but mainly we enter that triangle through one of those. In other words, we have a dominance. We have a gate in which we enter where we are vulnerable. And it is that vulnerability in that gate of either perpetrator, victim or rescuer where we will be triggered. And that trigger will change our breath. And the change of breath maintains the change of emotion. Now I use the word maintains because this is where we have a conscious hacking ability into a system that is basically run by our subconscious. When we play out around the Cartman's Triangle, it is our subconscious that is being triggered. Normally our childhood years. When those tactics worked perfectly well, they served us beautifully as a little girl or a little boy, 
but they're not quite so good when we're older. But once we begin to realize that we've been triggered, that our breath has changed, it's gone up into the chest, it's short, it's shallow, it certainly isn't gonna serve our voice very well, then we can have a conscious decision and we can change the breath down into the belly into what's called horizontal uh, breath. Baby for sale. <laughs> horizontal, not a good day. <laughs> horizontal breath is diaphragmatic breathing into the belly using the lower ribs to move laterally. This is using the muscles of breathing. When we are anxious, when we are upset, when we are triggered, we use short, shallow breath up into our chest and it becomes what we call vertical. Now, this vertical breath uses all the axillary muscles in our neck. Others, but let's just talk about the neck for the time being. It's as though we're asthmatic and the anterior cervical muscles lift up the anterior ribs almost lock them so they can no longer really be used for breath they're just all locked even if it's an asthmatic breath now the larynx the dear old larynx is hanging there i mean it's hanging at the mercy of all the muscles ligaments and tendons that surround it so if we start to use our accessory muscles in upper chest breathing when we are triggered without the ability to change it consciously, when we take that breath and ourselves to the teacher, to the performance, we will be using incorrect muscles to breathe. Now, you've been taught beautifully, superbly. You will access all the skills and techniques that you have been learning since children. But the diaphragm won't quite be moving and flowing in that piston-like way that it could do. And the outbreath will not be as even, as smooth, as long without you starting to have to grip and squeeze. And the muscles you use grip and squeeze the larynx. And if this keeps on going, then the folds where they touch become pressurized. They become hyperemic, they can become inflamed as the very first starting point. If that happens over years, then we can develop nodules, etc., etc. And our neck and shoulders will become extremely sore. We'll also try and communicate with our audience through releasing the chin forwards, trying to reach forwards into the audience. And when we're breathing into our upper chest, Believe it or not, more than likely, our knees will be locked. When our knees are locked, our weight is in our heels, our weight is posterior of gravity. And even if you imagine just slightly leaning into your heels, your tummy muscles go on stretch. They are not soft. It's virtually impossible to have a full diaphragmatic belly support if our weight is not anterior. So you can begin to see how this picture starts to play out. There we go, we have a, an enormously stressful day. We're running around, we've lost keys, there's children, there's internet problems, there's password problems, and 
our breath, naturally speaking, has gone up into our chest. Now, that happens when we are sympathetically charged. Sympathetically charged is fight and flight. We've all heard of that. But if that fight and flight goes on for long enough and we cannot run away from what is perceived to be our threat, and in modern life, basically, we're not running away from a dinosaur, most of our agitation is something we can't run away from. We're trapped with it. We either resolve it, most times we can't, we can't shout at the boss, we can't always find the password. So if this keeps going on and on and on, we end up starting to shut down. Now that's our reptilian brain, it's our primitive brain, really putting us into survival mode again. I mean, it's shutting us down, it's closing us down, it's feigning death, it's, it's keeping us safe. That's what it was designed to do. And it does keep us safe. But when we shut down, we push all those emotions, all those unresolved problems down into the belly, into our second gut, into our second brain. And this becomes a pretty large storage even if we're 25, we've had 25 years of stuffing and storing and ignoring and putting on the back burner and never really being heard, not speaking up, not feeling as though it's fair, not giving and receiving love, not being able to speak our authentic words. And that all becomes our triggers. So we can be idling in our sympathetics quite a lot of a day quite a lot of a day so that is the kind of breath you are taking to be techniqued to the performance now you can get away with it because you've got technique but there'll be times when you feel on stage you are just surviving because that's the mode neurologically sympathetically you're in the body is surviving it. When you get home, you'll be exhausted. And tomorrow, your energy and your stamina will be depleted. But there's another performance. So you have to get up. You're stressed because you're anxious about how you're going to perform. Breath's immediately up in the chest. You're probably going to be triggered very easily that day by the fact somebody's not emptied the bin liner. And those muscles are going to get even tighter. So on stage, you're going to be in that survival mode. You're going to be squeezing even more. Anxiety is going to be going. In a way, you almost shut down into your skills and your technique. And you come off and you think, God, I can't even remember how it went. Now, that's dangerous because if you lock down and you start to perform in that way, you're not connected. You're not conscious. You're not open. You cannot reach out to an audience. You become closed, gripped to survive. 